Hello and thank you for listening to this Youth Mental Health Podcast with the Northern Trust. My name's James Nelson, I'm a psychiatrist in the Trust and I'm very pleased to be joined today by my colleague Claire. Hi Claire, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi James, yeah thanks very much for having me today. So I'm Claire, I'm one of the drug and alcohol workers within Northern Trust CAMS and really my role is to offer support um, to young people who may be having difficulties with their mental health but where that's further complicated by drug or alcohol use. Thanks for that Claire and the title of our podcast today is Talking to Your Teen About Drugs and I suppose we're particularly thinking about parents or carers who are worried about substance use for their young people uh, and trying to help them think that that through uh, so thanks again for for joining today claire so in terms of that for parents listening or carers listening i wonder what would be some of the signs they should be looking out for if they were maybe concerned that substances were be- becoming an issue for the young person what, what sort of things might they notice um yeah well i think that's useful to know because often parents or carers would come to yourselves and they'll say that they didn't realize that their young person was using drugs and they're often feeling quite guilty or quite bad about that but actually whenever we look at some of the indicators that a young person might be using drugs some of them are quite similar to those that you would get in a usual presentation of a teenager but i suppose we're looking a bit more closely about mood swings that might be a bit more than the usual ups and downs that you would see caused by hormone hormonal changes in adolescence. You might start to notice a bit of a loss of motivation where the young person is not doing as well at school or work as they previously would have been. Um, one of the things that you might notice that might be a bit more of an indicator that they might be using drugs is the idea of borrowing or stealing money from friends or family. They might become a bit more secretive or that you might even notice that they're a bit more aggressive. Um, often young people start to become a bit more withdrawn and they might start avoiding being with the family. You also might notice things such as them dropping out of usual sports or activities that they previously used to enjoy. Um, a lot of the time parents will also notice an unexplained or sudden change to a new group of friends or they're spent a lot more time out of the home when previously they wouldn't. Other things to look out for as well might include big changes in their physical appearance and sometimes that comes about from changes in their eating habits or changes in their, their sleeping patterns might also be noticeable. And really what I would suggest to a parent is if they did notice any of these indicators or just generally they had suspicions about a young person using drugs, then I would suggest in the first instance just sitting down and trying to have an open and honest conversation. I think that's kind of the best start that you can have if that you suspect your young person might be using drugs. That's really, really helpful, Claire. There's a lot in that. And that list, as you say, there's quite a lot of different uh, ways this might present for people I'm really struck by the one you mentioned about the stealing money borrowing money or money going missing because that would obviously prompt a parent or carer to think where's that money money going and just that last point you mentioned about sitting down and having a conversation about it with a young person I suppose it's possible some parent might be listening thinking well I don't want to I don't want to suggest it or upset my young person by saying this if it turns out they aren't using drugs but it, it sounds like you're saying better to have the conversation even if it turns out to not lead anywhere than to to just not have the conversation is is that fair enough Claire? 
Yeah, and I think even just kind of having a household really where a young person kind of feels that they can talk a bit openly about drugs, you know, even if potentially they're not using, but they're aware that they can maybe talk to their parents about somebody else using. If a young person knows that those kind of honest conversations can happen in a household, I, I really think that's the best start. Hmm. That's a good environment for for, for things being, being shared and, and, and hopefully problems being solved. And then just thinking a little bit about mental health problems alongside substances, because you mentioned about working in the mental health service, obviously. Um, would you say there is an overlap between substance use and mental health difficulties? Yeah, so I think, I mean, the reason for my post, I suppose, is that there'd be quite an overlap sometimes between mental health difficulties and young people then using substances. And some of the times I would notice that young people use that almost as a way of coping or self-medicating as such. So, for instance, if they were feeling anxious or lacking in confidence, then they might use drugs to kind of help them cope with that. Other reasons why young people might present with mental health difficulties is sometimes after they have been using drugs, it generally can lead them into slightly riskier situations and they might be witness to some things that might cause um, later mental health concerns. I mean, some examples of this is sometimes young people, you know, perhaps get involved in a car crash or cause car chase or they witness another young person overdosing on drugs and then that can start to impact their mental health later on. Obviously, there's also research going into the impact that using drugs can have on our mental health at a later stage and the different types of drugs that might impact within our mental health. Um, so there are just some of the reasons why we would see an overlap at this stage. Yeah, so there can be quite a complexity in there, almost a two-way sort of relationship between mental health use and, 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 and substance use. Um I suppose I, I'm I'm thinking about parents who, who could be listening to this, who've maybe even just found out that their young person is using substances of some sort. And and maybe the question on their lips would be, what on earth do I do now? So if we have any thoughts about that, Claire, to help, what, what might be initial reactions for a parent in a situation like this? Yeah, I think for every person initially, it's probably quite scary whenever they hear that. I think every family and situation is quite unique and different and there's no one right way to respond really. I mean everyone has their own opinions and perspective on drugs, drug use and that kind of comes from their own experiences. Some parents might have had a lot of experiences with people using drugs and maybe witnessing people struggling with addiction or sometimes people have never really had any experiences themselves and don't know how to respond so we're going to carry all of that with us whenever we respond to our young people. A lot of the time as well, parents can blame themselves. However, I do think it's important to know that we really can't control whether or not they get exposed to drugs at some points. The other thing is adolescence is a time for trying new things and taking risks. And it's a time when we're a lot less likely to listen to our parents and more likely to listen to our peers. And I think I would also like to reassure parents at this time that not every young person who takes drugs goes on to develop problems in later life. But what I would say to a parent if they, they find that out, I would tell them to be aware of their initial reactions, whether that's anger, disappointment, fear, try and remain calm. I know that that's a lot easier said than done, um, but any kind of discussion around this can escalate quite quickly and become very heated, particularly when you're angry and this can make it a lot harder to get through to our young people. Um, 
drug use is such an emotionally charged issue and this can really make communication awkward and strained but I really think communication is key at this time. Um, whenever you're talking to your young person you know be aware that they do often feel alienated and as though their parents don't understand. So again I would emphasize the staying calm, trying to listen to them. This is the best way to get honest answers out of them and I think that that honesty and communication is key because you'll need to try and establish their pattern of use. So for you to try and work out what they're using, when they're using and most importantly why they're using and if you can create like a kind of a bit of an open discussion around this then you're more likely to get those honest answers. Um, and what I would say as well is hear them out. I know that sounds really simple but again I can't underestimate the importance of this because if they feel that you're listening to them they're more likely to listen to your concerns. Um, and again then communicate your concerns to them. What is it that you're most worried about and why are you worried about this? Because often young people see it as something that they're just experimenting with. It's no big deal. They're not thinking about their future when you are. So I suppose I would just say to parents to really emphasize what their concerns are that way to try and get it across. And I mean that's not to say that there shouldn't be repercussions or consequences for the young person um, or their actions and that's very much up to each parent I suppose to decide what they feel is appropriate um, but I do think that those initial conversations are really key particularly if the substance misuse starts to escalate you want your young person to be able to talk to you about that. There's a lot in there Claire um, and a lot of very helpful things I'm, I'm thinking about what you said earlier about risks that you know at times substances can end up bringing about some risks with them uh, and, and people that someone might be interacting with so we can understand why a parent would be worried we can understand why a parent or carer could be pretty stressed about this and if they find out that their young person's been using substances how they might feel like they're going to fly off the handle and get really cross about it so i think you're really helpfully pointing out that actually if we want to reduce the risk and we want to find out what's going on and we want to try and help bring it down we need to try to listen and to be calm and 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 that's the best way actually to support a young person to to control this so that that easier said than done i think but that's really really helpful advice um and then uh, i'm just thinking claire some young people may just not want to talk about this so their parent says, right, I'm worried about this. Are you using something? And they really don't get anything back. Have we any thoughts about how to respond to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that is probably something that parents come up against time and again. And I really think this is very hard for them. What I would say is that, you know, timing can be really important. And, you know, parents, carers out there will know their child best. You don't want to avoid the issue but you can't really force someone to talk about it when they're not ready. So I would tell them to, to be, pick their moment, really. If I suppose if a young person comes home and you suspect that they're under the influence there and then, chances are your, your message isn't going to come across very clearly. So while you can address it with them at that stage, you're probably not going to get engaged in a really good conversation about their substance use at that time. Other like just little things is just trying to get those conversations one on one, you know, not doing it in front of friends or siblings or anything like that too. It might be just worth raising the issue with them and then backing off and trying to open up the discussion at another time as well. And just making sure that the young person knows that you are actually willing to have a conversation about it and, you know, not just get angry, as angry as you are, but that 
you know, you're they're going to be able to talk to you about it. And I think the other thing is just about reassuring parents and things out there that sometimes they often feel like they don't know anything when it comes to drugs. And I think that scares them quite a bit. But chances are they know more than they realise. And other times they feel that their child or young person knows a lot more than them. But actually what our young people know is quite often rumours and mixed messages. So it's just for them about being confident in the knowledge that they have in themselves and the knowledge that they have in their child about approaching them at the right time. So if, if a parent asks and doesn't get much of a response at the start, not to get too disheartened about that, pick the time, give it a little bit of space perhaps, and yeah, we're trying to facilitate that, that conversation. Um, in, in terms of um, practical things a parent can do, you know, after the initial uh, information has come out about this and they've maybe had an initial conversation, what else could a parent do to help? I think there's quite a few kind of practical things, as you say, that parents can do that doesn't necessarily mean getting straight into constantly talking about drugs or drug use. I mean, one of the biggest things I would say is kind of strengthening their protective factors. So you look at the kind of main areas in a young person's life, it's their family, their friends, their school or work and generally the community. So I would say look for areas in which they're struggling with and you might be able to support them around this, kind of whether it's school, whether it's friendship groups, self-esteem, um, really simple strategies such as trying to encourage them to get back into a sport or activity that they may have been into recent, before kind of they started using drugs. Um, try and encourage more time spent with family, kind of doing more activities. Generally anything that helps a young person feel connected to something else that's not substance misuse or possibly their friends that are using drugs or alcohol. That's one of the, the key things that I often see with young people that makes a difference more than coming and talking to somebody. I think that's very interesting, Claire. I might even surprise some people listening because we, we might expect to be told, right, you need to talk about the substance misuse, you need to come up with a plan, you need to know how much exactly they're taking, you need to like sort it all out. And actually you're pointing out that substance use is part of a whole broader bit of a young person's life and that if we build up some of the other areas and help support them, we might be tackling some of the issues that are driving them towards substances in the first place. Am I getting you right there, Claire? Definitely. I, I think that's it. As I said, kind of most young people that would come through to ourselves often feel like they're struggling in one area of their life or more. You know, it might be that they're struggling to fit in or they're struggling to keep up in school and that's impacting on their self-esteem. And I think if we can really build up in those areas, that makes a key difference for them. And just to throw another question in along with that, Claire, um, do you think it's fair to say that often substance misuse isn't just purely about substances itself, that often there are other things going on in a young person's life that are kind of nudging them that direction like we need we need to look past the substance misuse in a in, in a way to understand it um is that fair enough yeah i think that's definitely key and i suppose i noticed that a lot with my work within cams i think a lot of people think that they're going to come to the service and they're going to get a lecture on drugs and alcohol and really that's not in any way what it's about um you know so a lot of the times we are talking about everything else that's going on in the young person's life and I feel that whenever we take that approach and look at it that way, 
often the substance use falls away or doesn't become important to them and that kind of happens in a more natural state rather than them actively trying to reduce their use. So almost in a way putting too much focus on the substances could even be counterproductive in a way. Yeah, particularly I suppose if it's not done in the right way and the young person feels that they're constantly yeah. being berated for their, their use or, or possibly even... Do you know, addiction is an area in which people can feel quite shameful about it. So if a young person then starts mm. to feel quite bad about themselves because they're using drugs, again, that's just going to impact on their self-esteem. And a lot of the times you see them turning back to drugs to cope with that or to cope with some of the things that they might have done. So I think it's really important that we try and do it in as non-judgmental way as we possibly can because we don't know what's going on for them a lot of the time. And I think that really helpfully links with what you said earlier, Claire, about the parents' initial reaction. Because an initial reaction might be to be very cross about it, might even come across as condemning, and the young person might close up and say, well, if you're going to react like that, I'm done talking to you about this. And then we've missed our opportunity for a while to, to keep that conversation going. There's a lot in there, Claire. Thanks. Continuing that thinking about help and support, uh, you were mentioning there about how a parent can respond, looking at broader areas in, in life. I'm just wondering, where could a parent turn if they think, look, this has got past my capability to help. I'm out of my depth and, and, and I need some extra help with this. What sort of services are out there uh, and how could a parent go about getting linked in with them? Yeah, so I think one of the first protocols would often be you just go into your GP and they can make onward referrals to where it might be necessary. Some of the trust-based services then would be the DAM service, which is part of CAMS. It's the Drug and Alcohol Mental Health Service for young people, and that's across all the trusts. Um, then within the community voluntary sector, there's usually different agencies within the Northern Trust particularly. We have Start360 service. They offer a one-stop shop for young people and a drop-in service where they can drop in. They have a service called DAISY and that works directly with young people aged 11 to 25 who may be struggling with their substance use. Within that service they can also offer family support and they offer support to siblings who may be struggling with you know, an older sibling substance use too which is particularly helpful. Again there's other services such as Extern, now they work with over 18s but again they're a self-referral service so you don't even need to go to the GP and again they can offer family support. So there's quite a range of different community voluntary services out there and I know within different trusts as well that there would be different services. Okay yeah so the d different services out there both within trusts and within the community voluntary sector and GPs probably a good contact point about knowing what's there and where to where to signpost on and refer on to and then I suppose Claire uh, I'm just wondering what about a situation where a young person doesn't want help at that point in time so parents worried about it parent thinks look we need some extra support here around substances and the young person is just flat out saying no not going not interested um, have you any advice for how a parent could could tackle that one I suppose when a young person doesn't want or is saying that they don't want to engage, uh, the main thing I would say is that motivation is, is constantly changing, particularly with young people. Uh, so again, I would pick your moment to suggest it. 
And, you know, even whenever we think about motivation ourselves, the way I kind of often put it across is that we all kind of wake up on a Monday morning and say that we're going to be really healthy that week. And for me, I know kind of come 12 o'clock in the day, I'm tucking into buns that are sitting in the office. And again, that's the same as a young person, you know, they might one moment say, yeah, I'm really ready to make this change. And then their motivation might change. But that doesn't mean that they're constantly going to say no or that they don't want to engage. So it's about kind of as I said, picking your moment and trying to encourage them to go. Another thing I would say is I would try and establish why they don't want to engage. Some people have a misconceptions about what services might look like. Again, as I was saying, often they think they're coming for a lecture on drugs or alcohol. And nobody really wants to, to sit through that, especially not a young person who feels that they're going to be judged by a mental health practitioner or somebody else. So it's about making sure that you know what services are out there so that you can explain to the young person what it is that they'll be coming to. Other times young people might have a fear of being reported to the police. So again, it's, it's trying to find out exactly why they don't want to engage in services. I think the difficulty comes in, and this is where it's most frustrating for the parents, is whenever the young person doesn't see their substance misuse as a problem. And if so, again, then that's where your communication is key, encouraging them to see where there might be improvements in their lives if they weren't using drugs, uh, be that within their own mental health, their energy, their relationships, or even finances is sometimes a good way to, to come across to young people. I would also then try and establish with them why they're using it, you know, are they using it for fun, are they using it recreationally, or do you feel that they're a wee bit more dependent in it and they're, they're using it to cope, and again if that's the case it's about trying to, to show them that that's why they're using it and it's maybe gone beyond that initial recreational stage. Other times young people don't want to attend a service because they feel that they are dependent on the substance use and again I think that's why it's really key to find out why they are using it and then I would again try and explain to them what the services do and how that they would support them in around this and if they were at the end of all this they really don't want to go to any services my main thing would be to ensure that you have support for yourself whatever that might look like whether that's family friends or services and again even if they're not willing to change i would try and continue to adhere the boundaries that you've set for them within the family home mm, there's a lot there um a lot there claire so remembering that the motivation can fluctuate so don't get too disheartened if you get an initial no I like what you said there about getting knowledge about the services so that you can sow some seeds and and inform your young person helpfully about what is out there, what what helps available. And I, I really liked what you said about support for yourself as a parent, because as we're already reflecting, this is or can be quite stressful um, and about a parent ensuring they've got support network around them as far as possible to help them manage this, because this is at uh, times pretty pretty tricky you, you mentioned the police um issue there that some people might have a concern um goodness if i go to somebody like claire or somebody like daisy you know 10 minutes into the appointment if i mention i've used some substances they're going to be straight on the line to the police so i wondered do you want to just say anything generally about that claire maybe to, to reassure people a little bit about around that issue yeah, I mean, we wouldn't um, refer young people on to the police uh, if we had concerns with regards to substance misuse or they were disclosing to us that they were using substances. 
really the thing behind that is we really want people to engage and change their use and if we were reporting everybody on to the police uh, I suppose we wouldn't have too many young people come through our doors. Okay so that that can be in some way a reassurance for people that they don't need to have that as a concern in the, in the front of their Hopefully. mind. Hopefully. Thanks, Claire. There's a, a a lot of a lot of helpful information in there you you've shared with us today. And I suppose if someone's wanting to read a bit more or learn a bit more after listening to this, are there resources you'd recommend to them or, or websites you'd encourage people to take a look at, Claire? Yeah, so one of the big websites, which a lot of people probably have heard of, is the Talk to Frank website. And I would say that generally from what I've seen of it, it's always really accurate, up-to-date information. They carry a lot of information about some of the slang names that are used for drugs. So if a parent hears something and they really have no idea what it is, if they type it in to talk to Frank, it'll come up. Um, that service also has a helpline, which is quite useful. Uh, another website is just www.drugs.com, which just gives really factual information about drugs. Um, if parents kind of wanted to get some resources for the young person as well, there's online resources. There's a cannabis new booklet and there's also an alcohol new booklet and they can be found just in any search engine. And they're really self-help guides. They give really practical advice and information. They talk the young person through what's best for them at that stage, whether or not that's totally stopping their use, cutting down, helps them set goals. So it's, it's quite good for both parents and the young person to work through as well. So they can be quite good resources. And then the other thing I would say is just if they wanted a little bit more information generally around different types of drugs, there's quite a good drug podcast out called Say Why to Drugs. And I suppose the concept behind that is it's not a pro-drug podcast. It's not an anti-drug podcast. It is literally Say Why to Them. It is the facts about different drugs that are out there. Um, it's by a psychologist, Dr. Susie Gage, who has also written quite a good book on drugs. And again, all of the factual information that you get and it's really kind of it's laid out in a good format and might also be quite interesting to young people as well. So I would recommend those. Great. That's a lot there. Claire, so talk to Frank website, drugs.com website, the cannabis and you booklet, the alcohol and you booklet and, and the podcast you mentioned. And we'll insert the links for, for some of those into the text of the podcast so uh, folk can find those easily just by, by looking in in the text around the podcast. Thanks, Claire, for, for that, for all that useful information today and for talking this over with us. And uh, thank you to you also for listening. Uh, to this we'd be very interested to hear your feedback and we've embedded a short survey into the text around the podcast just within your podcast platform if you wanted to give us any really brief feedback or suggest any future podcast topics for our youth mental health podcast we'd really appreciate that and we hope you find this podcast today helpful <laughs>